0: Hello listeners, welcome to the web chatting report episode 58. had a lovely two weeks hope your january is going swimmingly i have been doing lots of archiving digital archiving and organizing analog to digital it's been taking up all my free time for pretty much the entire two weeks since i last talked to you it's been it's been fun i guess i could use that word satisfying frustrating at times but you know i'm getting a lot done Uh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I guess I'll just talk about it because it's like all I've been doing. So I have a QNAP. I've had it for a while. It is a network attached storage. It's a four drive bay network server for the house. And that's what my Plex runs off of. I'm probably speaking uh, Latin to some of you, but Plex is a piece of software that lets you organize all your photos and videos and movies and tv shows and and music and uh... put it all in a central place be it a server or a Mac or a PC, they have Plex server software for all of these different operating systems and devices. And then once it's there, you can play and listen to everything on all your different devices, your phone, Android, iOS, Mac, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, uh, Apple TV, Roku, Google play everywhere. You can play your Plex stuff. So it's a central location for it all. So you can consume it everywhere. So I've had that going for a while, uh, and you can share with friends, by the way, so if you're a Plex user, drop a line, and we will, I can exchange, you can watch my movies, I can watch yours, it's sort of like, you can stream them to those devices, you can't download them, so that's how they get around, you know, it's no piracy, it's sharing, streaming. Um, yeah, so it was filling up, and that was kind of what kicked off this whole thing, and, you know, I had a... I had a drive in there and it was only eight terabytes and I was getting, that was getting pretty full and I had, you know, the four bays, two drives were the Plex. It was one drive and then it backed up to the other drive. And then the other two drives were merged into one big drive and that was mine and Emma's time machine backup. But I decided to just suck it up. So this is like the first huge part of the project. Um, You can buy this four bay expansion chassis for your Plex for your QNAP server. So now I have eight drive bays and i filled them up i took i bought four new 16 terabyte drives (laughs) and i made one giant logical volume in raid 5 which means one of the drives can fail and the whole raid will still be okay and that is uh now a 48 terabyte drive volume for plex And then in the four bay expansion chassis, I took the old four, six terabyte discs and I made one 18 terabyte raid five volume. That is where Emma and I use our time machine backup that took forever. I had to like, you know, buy these things and figure it all out. And uh, a note on YouTube, by the way, like YouTube has just really been helping me out learning stuff. I think I talked about this last time, but like, it's really been great for tutorials on stuff like Plex expansions and raid management and things like that. So then, you know, the other thing I was thinking about was like, I was trying to watch a movie in iTunes because I used to buy movies in iTunes and it's just garbage, right? Like it's got some cool things about it. Like they automatically upgrade your movies to 4k when the studio makes a 4k movie. That's really cool. But, you know, like, for example, Lord of the Rings, it doesn't have the commentaries. It doesn't have, you know, the extended editions, right? I own these on Blu-ray and I own them in, in <laughs> iTunes because I was really obsessed with Lord of the Rings. But all the special features, uh, you know, a few of them are on iTunes, but not the four commentaries and not like a lot of the other extra features. And I was just like, you know, I'm done with buying movies in iTunes. The, the, the sorting is really bad. You just It's really bad to like find a movie. There's no search and you can't really search. Scroll very well, and there's no alphabetical scroll, and and so Emma actually was like, you know, I feel like we iTunes is fine to rent, but we shouldn't buy things in there anymore. I was like, you're right. So that set me down my whole next sort of obsessive path, which is to learn how to rip Blu-rays. And so I bought this little Blu-ray drive here, and I attached it to my computer, and I learned how to rip Blu-rays. Um, you know, before I could rip DVDs with a program called Handbrake, but uh, it never worked with Blu-rays. So I had to get this new program called Make MKV. It's like an open source. It's really fascinating. And so I could rip Blu-rays. <laughs> so then I started ripping all the Blu-rays I owned. And that was really rewarding. I ripped all the Hal Hartley Blu-rays. <laughs> all his movies except for Amateur Girl from Monday and no such thing. I just like ripped, you know the long island trilogy the henry fool trilogy surviving desire i don't know if you guys are Hal Hartley fans but i ripped them all with all the bonus material and put them on my new giant plex drive um and uh he has a new kickstarter by the way he just he's making a new movie it's pretty cool i've backed like three of his kickstarters now if you look at my imdb page <laughs> i have two production credits on hal hartley films which is pretty awesome Uh, Anyway, so I did that for all the Hal Harley films. I did it for all the original and next generation Star Trek films. And I did it for the first three star or actually first six Star Wars films. All the bonus content, all the commentaries, all the different audio and subtitles. Just, you know, MKV's full resolution. No no uh putting it into handbrake and scaling it recompressing it with a better codec it's everything and so each movie is like 20 or 30 gigs but it doesn't matter because now i got 48 terabytes for this drive and i feel really great about it uh so i did that and then i was like okay this is cool but what about 4k you know this this drive doesn't do 4k so then i went down a research rabbit hole about 4k blu-rays and found out that there are certain blu-ray players that work with 4k blu-rays ultra hd and uh so i got one of those and i own two blu-ray drives (laughs) one in each room of my office (laughs) and uh and I bought a Toy Story 4 at Walmart because I don't really pirate. That's half the reason I'm doing this is I don't really want to pirate. You know what I mean? Emma used to pirate, but we don't, we're not really pirates. And I was like, so I'm going to buy this Toy Story Blu-ray, which costs the same as buying Toy Story 4 in iTunes. Man, it's a couple bucks more, but not really. And then I'm going to rip it to 4K, and I'm going to rip all the features, and I'm going to make it into a nice, like, package, and I'm going to put it in my Plex. So I did that. And that was really awesome. I felt really good about it and I accomplished something there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, cool. I can rip 4K Blu-rays now. And so I, you know, I don't really buy a lot of movies anymore, but when I'm going to buy a movie now, I'm going to buy it in physical 4K media and I'm going to rip it and I'm going to put it in my Plex. So I feel really great about that. Then the next part of this whole project was like making sure 4k could stream in the house. Uh, Plex on Apple TV, you have to set your settings a certain way and you have to make sure you have a 4k TV and you have to make sure your network's fast enough. So I did all that. And color space is a whole thing. If you use HDR color and your TV and your Apple TV don't support or Apple TV 4k supports HDR color. But if your TV doesn't, the colors look all washed out. So you had to make sure all the settings are right in the Plex server on the QNAP in the Apple TV Plex client in the Apple TV settings and on your television settings to get your 4k chain going well and so that all worked i feel really good about that (laughs) yeah it was pretty nuts so anyway in the middle of that project i messed up and i accidentally deleted both copies of my plex library (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, before i started you know going too far in the ripping and adding new stuff I, I i i used this function called remote remove volume in qnap which i thought was like ejecting the disc so i could pull the disc out but in fact it just deletes the volume <laughs> so no big deal i keep off storage backups in my storage unit you may recall i'm completely obsessed with backups and storage so i drove over to the storage unit and i was like looking through all the backup discs. it's the first time i've ever had to like go there and get a backup so i was like mildly sweating but but it worked out okay, had the backup. And then there were three backups in there that were unlabeled. And I was like, okay, well, I'll bring these home and I'll check them out and I'll label them. You know, I'm, I'm being organized now. And so I did. One of them was just, you know, a backup of some stuff. I already had it all in my computer. And I was like, okay, cool. So I labeled that one. And then, you know, the other same with the second one. But the third one, the third one was so exciting because it contained one terabyte of files that I thought I had lost. Uh, several years ago around 2008, I sent off all my mini DVs and a ton of my cassettes to a service. This is right after I it was actually it must have been 2009 or 10 because it was after I sold Barbarian and I had unlimited amounts of money. and I was like, I'm gonna get all these, I'm gonna pay somebody to rip all these. <laughs> Which so I just shipped these boxes off. Actually, it's Courier because I was in New York and it was a New York place that did it. And they ripped all my mini DVs to QuickTime and they ripped all my audio to Wave and uh, I Somewhere along the line, I lost it. I lost the archive. I did not lose many of them because I would put them and, you know, tag them and this and that, but uh, I lost the vast majority of them. And that was one of the things that really kicked off my desire to be obsessive about my archiving. I probably lost them in like 2011. I was like, man, I spent like $600 getting all these ripped. And like, it was a real bummer. And I was really bummed and I've lost them for a long time. But in fact, I just found the whole archive (laughs) Was on a hard drive backed up the whole time and it was just not labeled so I didn't realize it and that was so exciting so I got all those off this hard drive it was it's in an enclosure and it was like overheating so I'd have to like put the drive in the fridge and let it cool off and put it back and plug it back into my computer and get the rest of it off I could have ripped the drive out of the enclosure I have several docks, but you know I, I didn't do that and I got it all off and it was so exciting so I, I got I've been watching all like freeze pop live in 1998 and stuff like that I haven't finished tagging and archiving the video yet but i did do it to all the cassettes and it's amazing and i'm so into it and i've been so happy and so i just finished that actually this morning i uh, I, I i had to make a process because wave files and plex didn't work with metadata blah blah blah. so i tagged each one of them i put it in itunes i tagged it there and then i moved it over to the plex and, and you know and imported the metadata whatever so it's all worked out all my cassette rips are there And then I have a cassette deck and I have, you know, my audio adapter interface for uh, both doing this podcast and making music. So I like hooked the cassette deck up to the interface just a couple spare channels and uh, I'm going to rip the rest of my cassettes slowly over time. And, you know, the reason why I never really, I gave up on cassette ripping because like it's a pain in the ass because, you know, you get a whole side of a cassette and you're like, well, I don't really want a side of a cassette. I want one song. That's what I thought back in the day. But now I realize, no, no, no. I can rip all my old mixtapes. I tried to recreate all my old mixtapes in Spotify, right? I look at the label and the tape and I make a playlist, but it never really felt right. It didn't work well, but now I'm just going to rip the mixtapes as one long mix and I'll make the cover art, the cassette case. And you know, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. And I'll just listen to them each day while I'm working. I will listen to a cassette and I'll make a mix. So you know, a little preview for you guys, uh, the music section of this, of this podcast for the next several months, will probably not have that much actual new music. It'll have weird stuff for my cassette archive, but I think that's okay. I don't really think you guys are necessarily looking at me for all the new music in the world. Um, you know, and I'll still try and listen, maybe I'll have like new music Monday or something. I don't really know. So that is all. It's going pretty well. Um, all, all the Blu-rays are ripped. All the cassettes are in there. All the mini DVs. I've been watching them slowly. Uh, the Plex has got 48 terabytes on one volume and 18 terabytes on our time machine volume. Our time machine ran the first backups. Uh, you know, there's not much to do left. I got to make a whole new off-site backup because I don't want to have to, like, you know, I mean, now it's RAID 5, so if a disc fails, no big deal. I can swap it out and put another disc in. Reminder, I should buy a spare 16-terabyte disc and have it lying around. But, uh, you know, it's always good to have your offsite backup. So I've got an old 10-terabyte disc here that I... After putting all those Blu-rays and everything in there, it's only like 9 terabytes right now. So I'm just going to put it all, make one last one-disc backup of the Plex as it is right now with everything I've had up to now. In in the offsite offsite storage, I got to do that this week. That's kind of the next last task on that. Uh, but yeah, so it's all there. And if you're a Plex user, you could totally listen to like all my old weird old radio shows. <laughs> you could watch my like Lord of the Rings with the commentaries. You could watch Star Wars with the commentaries. I don't know. It's pretty exciting to, for me anyway. Uh, and then you know, let's see. I also. yeah let's see I also did uh finish the end of the year projects like the last ones of those got finished up uh the knickknacks are all labeled up in Dropbox now that That was really tedious but it's done (laughs) I'm such a lunatic I don't know what happened I've just been like digital like like cleaning basically spring cleaning in the middle of winter and it's been really satisfying but uh yeah let's see what else is going on in Chatham County Uh, We had a couple bonfires, one this weekend, one last weekend at the Neighbors. It was quite lovely. I have a little headache today from drinking next door, but that's okay. It was a good time and uh, caught up with the Neighbors. Uh, And we went to a birthday in Durham last weekend with Jane. That was pretty fun. A little Other little kids there, a little bit older than her. They like to play with her, and so that was exciting. We we did a fair amount of socializing here. Uh, I'm starting to think that, like, you know, by the time Jane's old enough that socializing's easy, we'll have like a pretty big social life here. It's gonna be weird. I've really enjoyed being in isolation. Maybe we'll just have to move again where we don't know anyone again. Nah, it's cool. I like people. I like I like hanging out with people. Um, yeah. So you know, and other. Another Chatham County news, uh, Walmart lost the Thai basil. Uh, I don't know if you knew about this. I can't remember, but you know, I like Thai basil. I'm obsessed with Thai basil. I drive to Durham like 30 minutes away to get my Thai basil. And then all of a sudden for the last month, Walmart said Thai basil. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It was just the best thing. Cause like there's a closer Asian market to my house that has the Thai chili peppers, but it didn't have Thai basil. So like I still have to go on a hike, but now it's just for the basil and Walmart's had it for the last two um, last month. it's been made me so happy but it seems like it's gone and in its place is basil and now i'm thinking that maybe somebody just like misordered (laughs) they got a big batch of thai basil but now it's basil but i don't see how that's the case because basil doesn't last a month even if you freeze it you can't really freeze it so like you know it's kind of it's kind of mysterious mysterious sorry about that noise that's this whole other thing that's been going on in, in the house uh out in the home theater room outside my office for the, like, two three weeks we were getting these mysterious circuit breaker outages, switches, and we couldn't figure it out. And at the same time, the bar fridge was starting to make a lot of noise, so we were pretty sure it was the bar fridge. So we dragged the bar fridge out of its little nook and we dragged it into my studio and we plugged it in in here, figuring it would trip in here if it was the culprit because I have a ton of stuff on the circuit, you know what I mean? But it hasn't tripped my circuit and it also fix the problem in the other room (laughs) so it's some combination of the fridge and the other circuit (laughs) And maybe there's a bad circuit in there. This room draws way more power, and they're both on 30 amp circuit, so I don't really know what's going on. But anyway, it's the fridge is now, like, right across from my desk. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's actually very convenient when Janet's in the other room watching Jane. I can get my beverage without, like, this, you know, uh, interrupting them. But, uh, you know, it's really noisy, so I just had to go and unplug it. I apologize for that. It does have my Mountain Dew Zero in there. I don't know if you guys have tried Mountain Dew Zero, though. It's very good if you're into Mountain Dew and you're into Diet Mountain Dew, but you want your Diet Mountain Dew to taste like your Mountain Dew. I really got to stop eating that stuff, drinking that stuff. It's got a chemical in it that they banned in the EU. Did you know that? But I don't know if it's in Mountain Dew Zero or just Diet Mountain Dew. So I I don't know. Maybe I'll research that. I do have Mountain Zevia as well, (laughs) the the all-natural Mountain Dew with Stevia. But sometimes I really need a diet Mountain Dew. I'm really trying to quit it. I'm making progress. I'm making progress. Anyway, anyway, that's what's going on here in Chapel Hill and Chatham County. Uh, oh, the guy that runs our favorite, the community's beloved burger chain, Al's Burger Shack, is apparently A, going bankrupt, and B, been accused of sexual harassment, so we might lose our amazing burgers shops, which, you know, I'm not going to do anyway right now because I'm dieting, but that is a real bummer. Why is that? People just got to ruin good things all the time, man. Al's is delicious. It's, like, better than Shake Shack. It's less salty, but it's so good. Mmm. I went to New York this week, it was lovely, I went for two nights uh, The first day I went to a Webby Awards event, a screening of a movie that my friend Joe Marchese worked on And made a cameo in as a an inmate, it was a pretty great movie, I had a little short 20 minutes uh, It was at the Tribeca Film Center, the screening room there, which I hadn't been in in a long time But uh, I forgot I'd been there at all, but I've been there a few times so that was really cool. I Saw a bunch of old friends. Saw Eva. Saw Flood. Saw Doug Pfeffer. Uh, DMD. A bunch of other Webby's people like Emily Warren. That was really fun. Quite pleasant. And then we all went to Nancy Whiskey after that. Uh, and I was hanging out with my friend Zach Mack, and I met his wife. Never met her before. She was really cool, and uh, we had, we had a good time. Everybody had a good time. I got back to my hotel at a reasonable hour went to work and the next night i i had a drink with my old friend scott kidder the former ceo of gawker that was really interesting told me a lot of wacky tales uh and then i went actually it was a night of scots. then i went to scott Beal from laughing squids meetup in williamsburg at zabloski's one of my favorite bars that's really what did it i was like i'm gonna have an early night but and i was like oh it's zabloski's i love that place so I went there. That was really cool. Uh, so a bunch of friends there. And uh, let's see. The Improv Everywhere guy. I met a guy that used to, like, one of the founders of Death by Audio. So that was really cool because I'm a huge Death by Audio fan, both the pedals and the old space. Uh, my friend Molly was there. My friend David. It was cool. It was a good time. It was fun. Great trip to New York. Saw lots of people. Got a lot done. Not coming back for three weeks, it's looking like. And then we got the board meeting and a company dinner. And it should be good it should be good and then after that i'm going to alaska uh i don't actually know if alaska is lining up with a podcast weekend i'm going to be gone over the weekend let's peek here so if i do the podcast this weekend and then not the weekend of the 8th uh nope it'll be good i'll do the week do the podcast before i go on the 15th and then when i get back before after i get back on the 29th so The 29th podcast, pretty exciting. You guys can hear a little about Fairbanks, Alaska. I have not been back home since I think I started the podcast. It's been a couple years. I used to go every year, but I really have slowed down. And I don't think I've been there in the winter now for five or six years. It's about 20 below right now. So hopefully it warms up, but typically February is still pretty bleak. But I'm ready. I'm going to wear my parka. I've got this amazing Icelandic parka from 66 degrees. And uh, Relatedly... The parka is great and heavy and big and warm, but the problem with wearing it all the time was that I wanted to take it off and wear it around my, you know, my shoulders. So I had Emma sew so into it several years ago, some backpack straps, so I could take the parka off and it just sort of hang it on my back. And apparently Beyonce just did this with her jacket in some new thing. I was like, oh man, I should have patented that. <laughs> that, was, that was before my time in my fashion. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so you'll hear all about that in a couple weeks. We, we got some time, though. Jane is doing really good, <laughs> mostly good for me, a little bit worse in the evening. She's definitely, as the day goes on, she gets more cranky. So, you know, I, I have the morning shift. It's the easier of the shifts, but you have, you're the one that has to get up early. So it's kind of, you know, pros and cons to both shifts. Today, she was really rough. She demanded a lot of attention, but it was Sunday, so whatever. I, I gave her the attention, you know. But when I'm working, it's pretty rough. I only have her for a half hour of the workday, but before janet comes and takes her from me but it can be hard it can be hard uh she was (laughs) when i was naming all those cassettes oh no i was i was labeling the commentaries to the lord of the rings movies and i had to like get a little text file and i had to like paste them into the mkv properties and i'd be like copy from over here paste from over here copy paste and she was sitting on my lap and she's just started going copy paste copy paste that was really cute Uh, I taught her cheers, and she's really into it now. So whenever we're drinking together, she's like, cheers, and I clink. And she goes, ah after she drinks it's super cute and i'm teaching her sharing uh which is working well she is very generous and she shares when we, we eat breakfast together she takes a little egg or a waffle and she like takes a bite and then she gives me a bite and i go jane and daddy are sharing she hasn't i, I think she's starting to get it she hasn't said the word yet but uh it's good she's she's pretty talkative you can really communicate with her about a lot of different stuff now and she picks up words really fast um but you know, babies, the twos, they still have these like, she still has these fits for no reason. This today, she was like, Up, down. So, you know, she wanted me to lift her in the air and put her down. And I did it like for 10 minutes. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the gym. It's just getting so hard. Eventually, I was like, I can't do this anymore. My arms are killing me. And then it wasn't enough. And so she just laid there and cried and screamed like a banshee. I'm like, Come on, man. Uh, also she says come on man now just like I do whatever she wants something. <laughs> like, oh my god what have I done but uh, she's doing good she's doing good she's a cutie she plays with some friends this week so uh, you know that was nice all right well I'm being pretty chatty today the rest of this I'll probably go through pretty quick Music. Uh, I sold some stuff on Discogs. I sold a CD I never heard of called by a guy named Kenny Wayne Shepherd. The place you're in, I think it was one of my friend Tikva's CDs. I offered to sell her CDs on on uh, Discogs, so I sold, sold that one. Uh, I sold an Air CD. Everybody hurts. That's a great album. Uh, I sold a autographed copy of Souvlaki by Slowdive. I really feel bad selling that. As soon as I it sold, I was like, "What was I thinking?" Actually, it happened to me twice this week. Uh, But, you know, I didn't meet them to get it autographed. I got it. It was a promo copy of when I worked at it. I was a music director at a radio station. So I was like, ah, well, you know, I mean, it's sentimental to me, but not really. Not like I met them to get it signed. And then the last one really hurt. I didn't. I forgot it was for sale. And uh, I should really go through and make sure I'm not selling anything else I don't want to sell. But it was the P.J. Harvey Dry demonstration. I don't know if you know about this, but the album Dry by P.J. Harvey, her first album. The, there were 500, maybe 200, 500, they're numbered, I don't remember, there were, I think 500, I'm going to go 500 copies uh, that included a whole album of demos called Demonstration on the disc, right? It looked like PJ Harvey's Dry, except for it has this sticker on it that says Limited Edition Dry Demonstration, and then it had all like 30 demos of hers, and they're not the same ones from the four-track demo EP. Uh, and I, I sold it for 200 bucks. So I mean, at least you know that was exciting. I got some money. It really helped when I was buying all those hard drives and things like that. But it, uh, I didn't really want to part with it, and I was really bummed. <laughs> but you know, that guy seemed to want it. So actually, it was a woman. She she was pretty excited about it, and so off it went. Uh, and just a little A couple minutes ago I sold another CD uh, A Peter Greenaway soundtrack By Michael Nyman So I guess we'll talk about that next week uh, No live shows But I did buy tickets For the Greg Dooley show And the Stereo Lab show At Cat's Cradle So I'm very excited about those I have tickets for Denka Dance and Bauhaus in New York, too. So hopefully, I can go to see those. Uh, we shall see. Maybe there'll be some live shows. There's a ton of stuff coming here. I mean, like Angel Olsen's coming, but she's coming to Durham. And Sharon Van Etten's coming, which is coming to Haw River Ballroom. They're just a little far away for me to deal with with the baby, but I might suck it up and go to one of them. I don't know. My friend Colin's asked me to go to a show, too. So maybe we'll do that. Uh, oh, I saw Colin this last week, too. That was cool. Last Thursday, he came over and visited. It was pretty, it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. Uh, Not a lot of vinyl, but I did get the reissue copy of the album by Breathless called The Glass Bead Game. Uh, Breathless is an amazing band featuring Dominic Appleton, best known perhaps as one of the male singers in This Mortal Coil. He sings Strength of Strings and Jeweler uh, and a few other things. He has a band called Breathless With a woman named Ari And they are one of my favorite bands They're just fantastic uh, We played with them My old band Rockets Burst from the Streetlands Played with them a bunch in America When they came over on a couple tours In the 90s And it was just fantastic What a great time I really like them as people I really like their albums I have most of them on vinyl already I got into them pretty early But uh, some guy in California Owns this weird reissue label And he just kind of like gets the rights To reissue some of his favorite records that are out of print or had never came to print on vinyl in the U S and it's like one offs. It's not even like whole artists. Like he did one Jesus of Mary chain record and one breathless record. seems like a pretty cool label though. And, uh, I was really psyched that he liked breathless, the glass bead game. So that was the one of their albums I didn't have on vinyl. So serendipity. Uh, let's see. So I did listen to some new stuff. Um, I listened to a band called Lightning Dust. Thank you, Gareth K. He told me about him. It's a Black Mountain spin-off band, uh, and it was it was awesome. The album's called Spectre. I really, really liked it a lot. Uh, and then I listened to the new Eminem. Uh, I've listened to it twice, but I haven't paid it full attention, so I don't feel qualified to comment on it too much. It was. It seemed okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like an Eminem record. I still, don't know why I still always listen to every Eminem record, but I do. Uh, so that, that was interesting. Uh, and then WH Lung. That was something that Nikki sent me over. The album's called Incidental Music, and it was awesome. It's kind of droney, shoegaze, rock. Maybe a little like can. Uh, not shoegaze, like like almost like kraut rock. Really good record. Strongly recommend it. WH Lung, Incidental Music. Uh, then I listened to some oldies... when doing my plex sorting and a couple other things i listen to this band called marigold i do not know if they're on spotify if you can get them anywhere the album is called Half Winter, Half Spring in the Unreal City. The band is this guy named Brian, who is the cousin of my friend Ryan McManus. And I love that album so much. I have a poster from that album framed on my wall. I'm like Marigold's biggest fan, and I hadn't listened to it in ages. And it was one of the first things I listened to in this Plex organization. Because the music I keep on my Plex is the music that is not on Spotify. It's only music that's on, not on Spotify. And then I have a playlist. Actually, I think Marigold, hold on, I'm going to check one. Hold, please. Good news. Marigold is in fact on Plex. So that was not related at all to my archiving project, but, uh, I strongly recommend it. Half winter, half spring in the unreal city by Marigold. It's a great record. Uh, and then (laughs) I don't know why. Oh, I do know why it was really a civilization related. I was watching some civilization, YouTube things. I'm, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos as you know. And, uh, this guy like went on for a long time on one of the great scientists and how powerful they were. And the scientist was Hildegard von Bingen uh, in Civilization, she's awesome because she turns all your holy sites into campuses. thus doubling your potential uh science out bit from a city whatever but uh, it reminded me that Hildegard Von Bingen they back in the 90s when I used to go to Man Ray and I was a goth somebody made an album of Hildegard Von Bingen's works and she, she you know she's sort of Gregorian Chanty like composer and it was called Vision the music of, by, of Hildegard Von Bingen and I forgot all about it for ages and I was like oh my god I wonder if that's any good also I saw a, a, <laughs> a tweet like from a comedian and he was like remember in the 90s when we were all obsessed with gregorian chants for like a month <laughs> and i was like oh my god we were and i haven't listened to any of it since <laughs> and uh so i did i re-listened to vision the music of hildegard von bingen and you know it's exactly what i remember as much of what sort of medieval gregorian chants kind of stuff is it was fun uh and then in the plex starting i listened to two like i had a, a bunch of demos from friends bands and, uh, I never labeled them. Right. So I got, I like lifestyle, for example, Sean Drinkwater, one of my best friends. And he's in, uh, his, you know, he's in lifestyle is his main solo band. Then he's in freeze pop, which is his band with his wife. Uh, but anyway, I had these demos from lifestyle from 2011 that never got released. I have a lot of lifestyle demos that have never been released. Sean, you still let me listen to like his demos. <laughs> he recently offered with a new freeze pop album, but then he got cold feet. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway. So I had this like album from like 2011 of 12 lifestyle songs it was just unlabeled and so I listened to the whole thing and I labeled the songs two or three of them had made other releases Artificial Light was on another release and one or two others but a lot of them I just never heard since I listened to these demos like nine years ago so that was pretty exciting and then the same thing happened with Missile Thrush I had a t- is 2007 or something I don't know like well, quite some time ago album of Missile Michel- Missile Thrush demos from their last album And I went through that and labeled them. There are different versions of, like, Heavyset John and uh, Divine. I don't know if you're any Missile Thrush fans out there, but I used to love that band so much. And, uh, yeah, that was great. Listening to the old Missile Thrush demos. I totally enjoyed that. And then on the cassette front, now that I've, once I've got all this stuff tagged and everything, I've been listening to old cassettes. I've been listening to a lot of, like, demos and stuff. I listened to my old band. I found a rehearsal from March 2000 where we were first writing Echo Minor and pale light and it was really good and i was like oh my god this is a great rehearsal i forgot I didn't you know i had this tape and then uh i listened to the stuffings which is <laughs> this amazing band by this guy chris out in portland that my friend mike anderson aka drucko was in for a while and uh i had a i have a lot of stuffings that i bought on off of their band camp But I had a set called 19, a collection. I hadn't listened to that in well over 20 years, so that was really cool. I listened to Spindle Shanks, which is this goth band from Rhode Island that I used to be friends with. And I listened to their 1994 demo. It was like, I forgot all about Spindle Shanks. It was amazing. It was a great, great, great tape. Uh, And then I listened to an old Ambush at Junction Rock cassette demo. (laughs) Ambush at Junction Rock is... uh, my friend Al Crockett and his friend Rutt, they had a band called Ambush at Junction Rock back in the mid-90s. And they used to play live all the time. They were really great. And I had a demo cassette of theirs, and I don't know if I ever listened to it, but I just did. And it was great. Uh, Al's actually in Freeze Bomb now, so that's kind of interesting full circle. Uh, and then I listened to Captain Midnight who was not Captain Midnight as in the guy that did the HBO satellite hijacking, but Captain Midnight, a DJ at my old radio station, KSUA that took his name from the other Captain Midnight. And he did like an experimental noise industrial show. And he, I have a cassette of his that was called industrial peasants that I haven't listened to in well, I mean, i probably not since 95. Uh, so that was great. Listen to that. And then I kind of like, so I had this six cassette sort of box set from this record label out in California, originally California, then later Arizona called Independent Projects Records. Uh, I used to kind of know the guy that ran it, and he was in a band called Half String. His name's Brandon Capps, and he had sent me this thing back in the early 90s. I know exactly when it was, because it was the Cindy Talk tour. He He was a fan of Cindy Talks, and so he sent me all this stuff. And it had like six CD, six cassettes in it. And I got them all ripped, and I I've been listening to them. I haven't I got through the Four Way Cross one, and I got through the Deception Bay one, and I haven't got through the other ones yet. But so that's pretty cool. I've been listening to those, and then a uh, Big Hat, which was a goth band from Chicago in the mid '90s that I was completely obsessed with. They have two albums that are I do believe on Spotify called Selena at My Window. I think is one. Hold on, let me look for you. Nope, no luck. Big Hat is not on Spotify, so if you want to listen to this amazing goth band from Chicago in the 90s that I probably saw live 30 times and was madly in love with one of the two women in the band, you're going to have to listen to it on my Plex, but I listened to their cassette of their first demo called Hat Head, uh, and it's great. Most of those songs are on their first album which uh, it's called shimmer. And then their second album is called Selena at my window. So I listened did a lot of big hat this week as well. Uh, yeah. And then I listened to this, I don't know where I got this or when, but it was a sort of, it's called the October country, but it's a compilation. I, that might've been, the, I don't know. It's, it's like a cassette compilation of four bands and they're all goth, dark arts, Marnie autumn fair and soul brother. It was pretty good. It was like sort of like weird synthy goth from their mid nineties. I don't know why I have it. like, maybe it was an arch enemy demo. Maybe I was friends with someone. I don't really know but uh it was good i don't remember ever listening to it before so you know uh, autumn fair in particular is a good band one word autumn fair so yeah you know i mean this section is probably gonna get really boring for you in the next few weeks because it's gonna be a lot of stuff there's no way you can check out uh but you know if you're every one of them is, is like something you want just drop me a line i'll i'll hook you up i think this stuff is pretty safe to share around <laughs> it's not exactly if it's not on spotify it doesn't exist yeah, right uh television we are still watching adventure time we are in the last season we got through the island which is finally solves the mystery of humans and finn's mom the eight part way to end season eight that was great uh but we haven't been watching a lot of it lately we've been watching the crown uh, we are halfway through the season or we'll probably hopefully finish that soon uh, it's good uh emma did not like the last episode which was about the man with the midlife crisis i thought that was pretty funny i was like well i think i'm pretty much done with mine anyway so i'm okay with you being bored with dudes with midlife crises because that guy seemed kind of boring in his midlife crisis as well I read an article recently the the peak age for a midlife crisis is 47.2 so you know i'm about 47.8 now so i guess i'm through the worst of it honestly it wasn't as bad as like my 30s midlife crisis uh, the 40s one has been okay so far i'm i'm, I'm into it. it i mean I, I wouldn't say i'm enthusiastically into being almost 48 years old but i am kind of past the midlife crisis part of it uh, but that's it oh and of course the impeachment we've been watching i missed the first two days uh so i only saw one day of the democrats Case because the first two days was when I was in New York working, so I couldn't watch those. Uh, No, I I missed the the resolutions day and day one of the Democrats' case. I watched day two of the Democrats' case and day three of the Democrats' case. And yesterday morning, I watched the two whole hours that the Republicans used to rebut on one of their three days. Uh, Yeah, and I'll watch the next two days. I mean it's nice to have a day off from it though it's been like a lot to watch it's a lot to take in but I feel like it's my civic duty even though the whole thing's gonna go down in flames it's just ridiculous but uh well I don't want to talk about that right now I will just say aren't we lucky Trump is an idiot because man imagine if that guy was this malevolent and he was pretty smart uh anyway let's see wait hold on oh man I messed up and recorded from here to the end of the podcast and lost it. So now I got to do this a second time. So I'll try and be enthusiastic the second time, but I bet it's not going to be as good as the first time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, movies I rewatched Trust the Hal Hartley film it was sort of the impetus for that whole data thing and uh, it, I really want to rewatch all the Hal Hartley films so I watched one of them it's good the dialogue is still funny they're, they're still entertaining um, darker than I remembered though That was a pretty dark film and you know Adrienne Shelley it's really sad about her uh, and I read up on that and you know her I remember she was killed and when I first read about it I heard about it in the news and they, they call it a suicide turns out it wasn't a suicide one of the construction workers in her apartment building killed her so So that was really depressing. Uh, anyway, and then I haven't really watched a bunch of other films. The Oscar nominations came out and I had already seen all the best picture nominations. So that was pretty cool. Um, I went through all the nominations, and the only ones I haven't seen really are Pain and Glory, Harriet, Judy, and Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and most of those are out on video already, so I'll, I'll get those before the Oscars. Uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood I just missed because it was came out early before Christmas, so by the time I had my holiday, it was only in theaters far away, so that was a bit of a bummer. But all in all, you know, I feel like I watched a lot more movies last year over the holidays, and I did not get through all the Best Picture pictures, so I feel good about that. Yay me. Uh, books. I finished that book missing out in praise of the unlived life by Adam Phillips. I did not enjoy it. It got worse. It was really painful. I really plowed through at the end. Uh, and uh, I you know I started highlighting sentences that were just factually untrue and I swear to god there was one like each paragraph things like well women all, all mothers think this and I'm like no that's not true all mothers don't think that factually untrue uh, it just drove me crazy and then you know I highlighted a sentence to share with you <laughs> that I thought was really representative of the book so he's going on in this in this uh, paragraph about some philosophers and you know and then he goes it is important to remember Winnicott once remarked he does not tell us who Winnicott is that all philosophers were once babies i'm like okay fair point so you're talking about philosophers and then this guy said a clever quote about all philosophers were once babies so okay interesting i guess but then you know here's the kicker he follows it up with this it is also important to remember that no baby was once a philosopher wow dude that is deep i mean that's not relevant to anything in that paragraph but thanks thank you very much he does that a lot like what does it mean why are you trying it's just maddening anyway I'm glad I'm done I moved on immediately to my comfort food which is New Deal books and I'm reading FDR and Chief Justice Hughes The President The Supreme Court and The Epic Battle Over the New Deal by James F. Simon and I love it Chief Justice Hughes is Charles Evan Hughes, who I never really heard of. And the guy's actually super interesting. He was like governor of New York early on. Uh, he was this uh, a Supreme Court justice. Uh, and then he quit the Supreme Court to run for president. He was the Republican nominee against Woodrow Wilson. He was widely favored to win. He did not win, so he left the Supreme Court, and then he was didn't get his next job, and he was out of a job. Went back to private practice, of course, and made a ton of money. By the way, people back then, they just always did that, and now we're really mad about it. And back then, it was just like, what you did? FDR did it, too. He was a lawyer. <laughs> he was a banker. Did you know FDR was a banker? I did not know that. Anyway, uh, then he became Secretary of State, and he did the— Uh, 1927 Naval Treaty, which is, I don't know if you know about the 1927 Naval Treaty, but it was a landmark bit of negotiation in arms control, kind of the first successful international arms control treaty limiting the tonnage of of naval ships between the U.S., England, and Japan. I learned about it in the Adam Tooze books, Wages of Destruction, and uh, I didn't know that Chief Justice Hughes was almost solely responsible for that treaty, so that's pretty cool, Charles Evan Hughes. Uh, and then he gets back on the Supreme court and then he re- pretty quickly becomes uh, chief justice. So by the time FDR rolls around, he's the chief justice. And this, I've heard a little bit about, uh, the court struck down a bunch of his early new deal legislation. And then FDR attempted a court packing scheme and failed. And then after he failed, the Supreme court switched and started backing his legislation in a move that is called the switch in time that saved nine. I'd heard all that about it, but I never really got in. I wanted to know more about it. So I've been reading this book, and it's. Pretty pretty interesting because Chief Justice Hughes seems like a very good man and very intelligent but his early decisions on the court the ones that you hear about like overturning different parts of the new deal legislation are really bad and you know they're just objectively bad like and I can say that because they're objectively bad in the sense that they're internally inconsistent right like you could even There are parts of his beliefs that I don't agree with. Like back then, the sort of the the whack job Republican conservative equivalent of states' rights was believing that the commerce clause, interstate commerce clause, didn't let the government regulate interstate commerce, right? For example, the the case that overturned uh, the uh, National Reconstruction Finance. Uh, was a case about a poultry factory in Brooklyn. Ninety-five of the chickens, in the fa- percent of the chickens in the factory came from out of state, and, but the factory itself was only in one state. So they're like, "No, that's not interstate commerce." And it's just like, "Okay, that's just stupid." It is interstate commerce. And then they're like, "Well, it's not because the, the, there's a clause in the Constitution that says states, uh, like laws not enumerated stay with the states." And I'm like, "That's irrelevant because it literally says in the Constitution that interstate commerce is." something the government can regulate and there are no limits placed on that but anyway that was their like bullshit philosophy just like now when their like bullshit philosophy says like oh the you know the framers of the constitution really thought it was cool that we all had handguns Uh, but even if you like give them that as a legitimate belief his fight his his cases overturning new deal legislation are internally inconsistent like one of them he says you know the state can regulate this commerce because of this and then the next one he says the state can't regulate this commerce even though this and the this is the same Thing, And it's like, yeah, dude, I mean, you got to pick one way or the other. So I assume what's happening is that eventually he like realizes he's being an idiot and he snaps out of it. But I don't know yet. I haven't got to that part. You'll have to tune in, in two weeks and I will tell you all about it. Anyway, he's a good, he's a good dude. Chief Justice Hughes, I'm into him. Uh works going really well. The new guys are really awesome. Uh the CCPA stuff is dying down, you know. Almost everybody has opened the app for the new year and those that wanted to like delete their data or see their data or learn more, they've all done it. So that's all. You know, we we went through that. Uh everybody at work told me it was went much better than GDPR, so I'm like, "Hey, cool. I've gotten better at my job in the last year or two. So that's nice. Uh and then we got a ton of new clients on Nimbus. We got five new clients, which is awesome because in the fall everybody was saying like, "Oh, yeah, we'll pick this up in Q1." You know, like around Christmas, and I was like, are they blowing us off or they mean it? But it turns out they meant it. So that's pretty cool. We've signed like five new clients. That's awesome. Dave, David, our main guy is killing that. Uh, and then Dimitri is mainly Dimitri is plowing through the sock audit. SOC audits are sort of like this audit process to prove that you're a responsible company with people's money or data. So companies do them in advance because you often need the audit to give to a large company when they want to hire you. They won't hire you unless you've had a sock audit so you know there's level one sorry sock one is finance and sock two is data and then there's like level one and level two sometimes they'll hire you if you got level one done that's already done with us level two is what we're working on now so you know it's going well it's all happening work is good projects uh the data stuff has been my main project obviously uh the japanese translation guy i haven't heard from him lately um One thing I realized is this year, with Picard coming out, I haven't started watching Picard yet, I'm savoring it, I'm saving it, Uh, I will have to update the Economics of Trek book with a new chapter, so that'll be something I gotta do this year. Uh, That book is still selling really well, by the way, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I like getting my royalty check every month, I mean, it's only a couple hundred bucks, but still, it's pretty awesome, it makes me feel like a writer. Uh, and then you know, diet is another big project that's going really well. I'm down ten pounds. Uh, I'd be doing a little bit better if they didn't keep having bonfires next door and making me drink. Nobody's making me drink. It's me. I choose to drink. But uh, all in all, yeah, it's going fine. And you know, I only need to lo- need to lose twenty, want to lose forty. It's like I got the whole year. I'm just sort of being slow and steady. It's not that hard. I'm very, very good. I cheat in New York a little bit and i cheat actually i cheat in new york a lot obviously and then when there's a bonfire but the rest of the time like i'll be home for three weeks right now there might be one more bonfire but it's three weeks straight of like perfect diet adherence so i think it's it's going pretty well i'm feeling pretty good about it i'm feeling pretty good about it i'm gonna i'm gonna lose some weight man i'm gonna lose more weight that's it for this week thanks for listening i'm excited to be done because i want to go back into my nerdy digital archiving project and stick little dot stickers on all the cassettes that have already been ripped (laughs) Uh, if you're into the plex thing drop a line and maybe we can share some plex stuff and uh have a good couple of weeks man i'll talk to you guys soon and uh, take care